As we've been uh, just talking about Pastor and I've been talking about this upcoming year, 2018, um, you know, and what the Lord has uh, laid on our heart for the upcoming year. Um, there's just there's there's a a phrase that's just been kind of stuck in my head, and I was sharing uh, with Pastor, and, and it just bore witness with what the Lord was speaking to him, and and it's it's the title of our message this morning. It's taste and see. Taste and see. And so this morning, if you're looking for a title, you're looking for something to write down, uh, taste and see is what we're going to be dealing with this morning. Now, how many have a tongue? Anyone have a tongue? Yes. All right. Yes. Don't you love your tongue? Yes. I love my tongue. The, the, the tongue is, is a very intricate part of our body, and as, as I studied the tongue, th- th- this week I've been studying the tongue a lot. My tongue's been tasting a lot of things over in Tulsa, and uh, we, we got to enjoy a lot of different foods in Tulsa, that, that I was excited. So my tongue has been on an experiment this week, and it's been, it's been cool, but I was amazed at how much there really is to the tongue as I started studying this out, and I just want to give you some interesting facts about your tongue, okay? Everybody ready to hear the interesting fact? It's going to be good. Yeah. So here's some interesting facts about your tongue. Did you know the average person has 10,000 taste buds on your tongue that are replaced every two weeks? Wow. 10,000 taste buds that are replaced every two weeks. That is why you cannot like something this week and a month later try the same thing and you're like, hey, that's not bad. That is why my kids, when we go eat, they'll eat something and they'll love it. And then two weeks later, I'll bring it home to them. I don't like that anymore. What? When did this happen? And I used to get really, really upset with them. Like, what, what, what are you talking about? You ate it two weeks ago. You loved it. And they're like, I don't like that. It tastes gross. <laughs> when did this? Well, their taste buds have changed. Now it's scientific. Now I got to give in, Right. And so every two weeks, your taste buds renew, your taste buds change. You have 10,000 of them. Uh, There are four types of taste buds, Uh, bacon, sausage, ham, and pork chop, okay? No, I'm just joking. I'm just messing. There are four types of taste buds, and uh, this is interesting to me, and all these taste buds are scattered throughout your tongue, but each type is kind of... Uh, localized or, or, or centered or concentrated in a certain area. Your sweet taste buds, the, the taste buds that really uh, grab hold of sweet things, they're on the tip of your tongue, okay? They're on the tip of your tongue, which explains why my daughters, my little daughters, always lick a cupcake, okay? Me, I just inhale it, right? They lick it, and, when I, and I understand the sweet taste bud is on the tip of the tongue. Your, your taste buds that taste sour things are mostly in the middle of your tongue, in the middle of your tongue. Uh, your taste buds that, that, that really grab hold of salty things are on the front side of your tongue, or on the top, and then your taste buds that grab hold of bitter things are, mo- are uh, mostly on the underneath side or the back side of your tongue, okay? Did you know that? Isn't that cool? All right, let's pray and go home. That's what we talked about. No. But it's, it's this sense of taste that allows us to really enjoy our food. It, it gives us a pers- uh, kind of a personal attachment to it. Have you, have you ever ate something uh, that you know you liked, but you had it like a head cold? 
And when you tasted it, you couldn't taste anything, right? right? Isn't that just a mean, evil trick? Right. You're like, I know I like this. I know this is good. And then you taste it, like, I can't taste a thing. I can't taste the meatloaf, right? It's just a horrible, horrible experience. Um, we are weary to try new foods because we don't know what they taste like. Uh, we're we're, we're kind of leery of that because how you know when you try something that's nasty, it's very, very personal, Right? It's, 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 it's a personal thing. And so this is the attachment. This is the attachment that brings the statement, uh, uh, what's your taste in clothes? What's your taste in shoes? What's your taste in cars? Because that's a personal thing. Okay, my taste in clothes is maybe a little bit different than your taste in clothes. My taste in music may be a little bit different than your taste in music. My taste in, in vehicles, maybe a little bit different taste. Everybody understand what I'm saying? My taste in entertainment, okay? Uh, maybe may a little bit different than your taste in entertainment. And so it's a personal thing. It is this idea of taking something and making it personal that we come to Psalm chapter 34, verse 8. And the writer of Psalm 34, verse 8 says this. says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. Let's see if I can fix this where it's not popping. Maybe pull me down just a little bit. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusts in him. Uh, you see that when, when we hear, when we see, when we touch, those things are external. Those things are on the outside. When we taste, it's internal. It's brought within. In a, in a strange way, what we taste becomes part of us. Oh, I'm about to preach right now. Yeah. I'm setting you up and you don't even know. What do you think we're talking about food? <laughs> oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. When it comes to taste, no one enjoys tasting anything bad. How many of you have ever heard of the game where you played the game? It's a game that's out called being boozled. Right? Okay, a few of us. All right. I know it's popular with, with some of the youth and... It's a, they have jelly beans, and these jelly beans are kind of the same uh, color, okay? And you have one jelly bean, that, that both of them look the same. One might be like the flavor of chocolate. The other has a kind of a, a dog food flavor, right? And so in this game, Bean Boozled, uh, you have all these jelly beans out there, and then you take a jelly bean, and you try it, and, you, and you just, it's just a game of chance. Uh, maybe you get the chocolate bean, maybe you get the dog food bean. Right? And, and, but if you pop the bad bean, the jelly bean, in your mouth and it's the dog food flavor or if it's something else gross, okay, I, don't, I haven't seen any person go, wow, that is amazing. I love that. Can I have another? No, there's, 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 a, there's a personal reaction and, and it's hilarious. You can hop on YouTube and you can find a lot of these reactions. You, you, you may want to censor some of them, okay? But there's a lot of reaction. There's like, oh, disgusting, this is gross because it's personal to us. There's, there's things that we like and there's things that we don't like and the things that we don't like, we don't want to be a part of our life. Me, I like peanut butter, love peanut butter. Anybody, any peanut butter fans in the house? All right, yes, I love peanut butter. I love chopped steak. Any chopped steak fans in the house? Grilled onions, grilled peppers, mushrooms. Oh, my goodness, I'm going to town right now. Right? Grilled chicken. I love grilled chicken. I love potatoes. I love meatloaf. Meatloaf is probably my favorite main dish. I love meatloaf. Okay, anyone hungry yet? We're getting there. Right? 
Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. I love these things. And anything off the grill, anything off the smoker. I haven't had a thing off a grill or smoker I haven't liked yet in my life. I'm, it just even tomatoes and 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 and, and vegetables are all they're edible off of a smoker or grill. They're just good stuff, right? And so it's just especially if they're wrapped in bacon. Um, moving on. My girls in my home, they love chocolate. Every cloud woman loves chocolate. Thank you, Bill. Every cloud woman loves chocolate. And so chocolate does not last long at the cloud house. They're chocolateholics. And then so we have different, different, different and this just reminds me of a story about a, a, a pastor who went to visit an elderly lady in his congregation one afternoon. He's sitting on the couch, and as he sits on the couch, she goes, and she's fixing him a glass of, of tea, and he notices a big old bowl of peanuts there on the coffee table in front, and so he begins to pop the peanuts, and, you know, just going to take a few peanuts. Well, he stays there for like an hour, and he's there for an hour. They're, they're talking, and he's, he's just visiting with this lady, and they're just kind of sharing stories, and then after about an hour, he realizes when he gets up to leave, he realizes, I'm so sorry. He said, I, I, I'm, I, I didn't mean to, but I guess I've been popping peanuts this whole time, and I nearly ate your whole bowl of peanuts, and the elderly lady just kind of looks back at him, and she goes, oh, that's fine, pastor. That's all right. Ever since I had my teeth removed, all I can do is suck the chocolate off of them anyways. that's disgusting that's that's just disgusting that's yuck I promise you there's nothing yuck about this message oh taste and see that the Lord is good one version says this it says blessed is the man who takes refuge in him I recall a TV commercial a few years back when I was a kid. Some of you may recall it as well. These young boys, they come home and their mom has bought this new cereal and they're reluctant to try this new cereal. And so they get their little brother named Mikey. And they put Mikey up to trying this new cereal that mom bought because they think it's nasty. And, and you know, they're watching Mikey and as Mikey tastes the cereal, I think I have a, a right here, Life Cereal. Y'all remember this? The tagline was, Mikey likes it. He really likes it, right? They watched Mikey as he tasted this cereal. They watched Mikey as he uh, devoured this cereal. They wanted him to try it first. And this is a lot like our relationship with God. This is a lot uh, the issue of, of people's relationship with the Lord. Many people are more than willing to give their opinion about God without first tasting him, without first knowing him. It's the theological equivalent to a Monday morning quarterback. Guys who hardly found the practice field and, and didn't step a foot onto the field, they sit on the bench their whole high school career, but then they're suddenly presumed to know how the professionals ought to do it. I'm preaching real good right now. Yes. Uh, two of yes. us. All right. That's all right. We're starting a new year. You've got to forgive me after today. <laughs> Come on, Jerry. Help me out here. <laughs> But there are people who claim to know all about the spiritual life, all about how to live this life, but yet they have not had an authentic taste of God. They've not had an authentic conversation with God. They have never tasted. They've only been informed. And, and most of us probably can remember a Campbell's Soup commercial. I'm talking about all kinds of food today. 
There's a Sambo, a Sambo Coop commercial, a Campbell's Soup commercial. And it says on TV, after eating this young lady, after eating a grilled cheese sandwich and tomato soup, she picks it up and she looks at the camera and she says, this is what? Mm-mm good. Right? This is mm-mm good. And as I pondered that statement, I remembered some similar words from King David. And, and I just want to set this scene. We're, we're not going to be long this morning. I just want to set this scene here with you today. Um, it's in 1 Samuel chapter 18, and it goes through 1 Samuel chapter 26. It's important that you know the history of David in order to really acquire an understanding for his behavior. Jonathan, who was King Saul's son, and David had become best friends. Saul, the king, appointed David as a high army official where uh, after a war, there was a celebration. The women of Israel, while dancing, they sang this song. Saul has killed his thousands. And David, his kid, it went something like this, okay? Saul has, no, I'm just joking. I ain't going to do it. (laughs) Saul has killed his thousands. David has killed his tens of thousands. Now, can you imagine how Saul, the king, probably felt about that? He didn't like that. And the scripture continues that King Saul becomes extremely jealous and fearful of David. And an evil spirit comes upon Saul. Saul had opened the door for an uh, That's another sermon. But an evil spirit comes upon Saul, and uh, he attempted twice to kill David. Saul could see God's anointing upon David, so Saul, no longer in God's blessing, sends David away. David was highly successful because God's hand was upon him. Later on, Saul plotted for the Philistines to kill David, even after David married Saul's daughter. So now David is best friends with Saul's son and has married his daughter. You thought your family was messed up, right? Saul wants David dead. Jonathan intercedes on David's behalf and converses with his father, the king. And Saul states, okay, that he would not attempt to kill David now. But as soon as David goes to war again and successfully wins, King Saul becomes enraged again because people are speaking highly of David again. Saul attempts to kill David again. Saul's daughter, her name is M-I-C-H-L. Some people say Michael, some people say Michael, some people say Michelle, whatever you want to call her. But this is David's wife now. She now informs David of her father's plan and she helps David escape. David goes to Ramah. And informed uh, the prophet, he goes to Ramah and he informs the prophet Samuel of his situation. Three more times while he's there, Saul's soldiers attempt to capture David. But the prophet Samuel and other prophets that are there, they intercede and step in on David's behalf. The story continues with David returning to speak with Jonathan. And they made a covenant for David's protection from Saul. After three days of David not appearing at the dinner table, King Saul and Jonathan, uh, they get into a conversation. And Jonathan, King Saul's son, David's best friend, questions his father as to why was, what was his desire to kill David. Why did he not like David so much? The king becomes so angry, he hurls a spear at his own son, at Jonathan. 
Jonathan, his eyes are now open. He realizes that everything that David has told him about his father is true. And David and Jonathan had secretly agreed upon a signal indicating either freedom or death. Okay, if I give you this signal, come on in. If I give you this other signal, (laughs) take the first train out of Georgia, right, right, and get out of here. Well, uh, Jonathan gives David the sign, take the first train out of Georgia. And so uh, Jonathan is activated by that signal. Excuse me. David is activated by that signal, and he flees. He seeks refuge in a quiche. Not like a quiche, like something to eat for breakfast. I'm going to get in that a quiche. But no, it's a place. Right? And so he's, he's there in Achish. And the king of Gath, also known as Abimelech, uh, is, is there. Now, hang, hang with me. We're, we're, we're going somewhere here. Just when you think things couldn't get any worse, someone else surfaces. Someone recognizes David as he's hiding in Achish. And someone overhears David and Abimelech's conversation and informs Saul. Now, fearful of being recognized, this is awesome, David pretends to be insane. He, <laughs> come on, how many of you have done that? <laughs> you go to Walmart, you fit right in, don't you? You know, and <laughs> come on, especially at Christmas time, that's good preaching. But so David pretends to be insane. And Abimelech becomes aggravated at this, and he sends David away where David hides in the cave of uh, the cave of Adullam. Now later, Saul, the king, sends for Abimelech. And he sends not only for Abimelech, but his whole family. And he orders their death because he thinks they're hiding out David. So now the Edomites, they took their life, they took Abimelech's life, everyone but except for Abimelech's son, uh, Abathar. Abathar escapes, and he joins David, okay? Now, everybody still with me? This is like lifetime made-for-TV movie, right? This is like the perfect Christmas story, right? How many of you have watched all the Christmas movies on Lifetime? You've had your your marathon. How many of you love that stuff? You're just like into it? All right, very good. This is like just a crazy movie. Star Wars don't have anything on the Word of God. This is crazy. And so, as you can see, David encounters a lot. David goes through a lot. And when he is pretending to be insane before Abimelech uh, is when he writes this chapter, is when he writes Psalm 34. Now, he's not insane when he's writing 34. He's just pretending to keep his safety. But in private, he begins pinning the words of Psalm 34. After all these things are going on and all these things are happening, David says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. That is crazy. He is insane. (laughs) After all these things happen, after all these things are going crazy, David sits down and he pins out this whole chapter, Psalm 34. Read it. It's an incredible chapter. He is crazy. David, do you not know that everyone is after you? Do you not know there is a bounty on your head? Do you not know that your father-in-law is nuts? And he's the king and he's coming? David, you are insane. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. And blessed are those who take refuge in him. David, what are you eating for breakfast? Because this is nuts. What about you? 
What about me? Regardless of our situations, regardless of what we are going through, are we so thankful to God that during our times of that, we can lift our voice and we can say, oh, I know everything's going crazy and I know everyone's against me, but taste and see the Lord is good. And blessed are those who take refuge in him. Can we say that? Can we say that? Can we be like David and say, he's my protector, he's my deliverer, he's my provider? David David understood this because he had a personal experience. He tasted, and then he witnessed. He was able to see the protection of God in his life. Regardless of what he encountered, David reflected on God's undying love towards him. For time after time, King Saul made every effort to kill David. Time after time, the king came after him. Time after time, God blocked the king's every attempt. Time after time, David recognized, he saw Taste and see God's goodness. He recognized that. And he made this personal confession. Verse 1. Go to verse 1. It says, I will bless the Lord at all times. And his, my praise, for his praise will ever be on my lips. I'll bless the Lord at all times. Psalm 34. David is so grateful for God's goodness that he invokes others to join him. To taste and see. Hey, I know I'm running for my life. And I know all this stuff is crazy. And I know, man, I, I don't even know where I'm going to sleep tonight. But man, God is good. I thought we'd be running around waving hankies and doing the Jericho march right now. I've got my notes paused here for everybody to calm down. (laughs) During this whole (laughs) taste and see that the Lord is good. And then David says, hey, everybody join me. Verse 3, everybody join me. Glorify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. (laughs) David, you're messed up. David, you are messed up, man. I know they call you a man after God's own heart, but David, man, you are messed up. You, you, you need to go see Dr. Phil. <laughs> and you need him to say, how's that working for you? Because, David, you are messed up. Or you know something we don't. Or you know something we don't. You know something. You have tasted and seen the goodness of God. You know something that a lot of the world don't. Can you think about a time in your life when you just wanted a taste of a food? Like, you know, have you ever been like at a family reunion? You see something or maybe you had a church potluck or, you know, you see something. You're like, hey, I I just want a taste of that. I just, just give me a little sliver of that, right? And that's all you want. You weren't even really hungry. But it just looks so good, and, you know, and, and you just want a little taste. Just give me a little taste. And so they give you a little taste, and then all of a sudden, that little taste, you're like, man, I'm hungry. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. Yes. <laughs> That's where I live, okay? <laughs> and you, you, just, you just get a taste. You're just like, I, I just want a taste. Just give me a little bitty taste of that. And then you just taste, and you're like, woo that, that's good stuff. And then you find yourself going back for more. And for more, and then you start making excuses for it to everybody. I didn't even realize I was hungry. I just, I don't know where this is coming from, right? No, that's just good stuff. Hand me some more. You go back because you've tasted and you've seen the goodness of what that was. And you got a taste for it. Now that taste has developed an appetite for it. 
And now that appetite has turned into a craving because uh, a few days later, maybe a week later, you're sitting at home and your mouth starts watering just thinking about that which you tasted. Like, man, I wish I could have a piece of that cheesecake again. Man, I wish I could have one of those sausage balls again. You know, you know what I'm saying? Right. Yes. Amen. <laughs> man, I wish I could have that again. Yeah. It's been over a month since I had ribs. This church needs to do it on the third Friday of December. <laughs> and Carolyn says, oh, no. And Bill says, oh, no. And Sherry says, shut your mouth. <laughs> taste and see. You got a little taste. And now that taste has turned into an appetite, and that appetite has turned into a craving. And now your mouth is just watering because of what you tasted. You see, God blessing others time after time. But until you've tasted him yourself, until you've encountered him yourself, you'll never know how good he really is. You'll never know how good he really is. Has anyone here ever tasted the goodness of God? You ever tasted the goodness of God? Why is it so essential? I'm, I'm wrapping up right now. Is that clock right? Is it really tentil? Did you set that up 15 minutes, Kevin? It can't be. Why is it so essential to taste God? Why is it so essential? Why does God want you? Why, why does he have David write this? First, because God's a relational God. He desires, listen, there are so many people that know about him. There are so many people. It, you know, it reminds me of the story um, of the, uh, uh, there's an actor and an, old, an elderly pastor who uh, had come and they were trying out for a part in a play and, and uh, they wanted uh, the, those who were trying out to recite the 23rd Psalm. And so the, pa- the, the actor gets up first. He's a world-renowned actor. Everyone in the world knows him and he gets up and he begins reciting the 23rd Psalm. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not you know, I just kind of get this picture like Charlton Heston, you know, dressed as Moses. You know, Let my people go, right? Yeah. But this, this guy just gets up and beautifully recites the 23rd Psalm, and, and everyone just stands to their feet, and they're like, oh, beautiful, beautiful. That guy's so good. And then this pastor that has never done a day of acting in his life, he gets up and with a crack in his voice, and his voice just trickling out every now and then. He recites the 23rd Psalm. And when he does, man, the place is just hushed. Not a word said. And when he gets through, he turns around and he walks off the stage. People are wiping their tears from their eyes. And one of the ladies that's there, she turns around and she goes, I, I don't get it. I don't understand. And she goes, that actor, he... He did so well. He recited it with such perfection and quality and clarity in his tone. But then the pastor gets up and he recites it and kind of stumbles through. But man, there's just not a dry eye. I don't get it. How is he going to get the part? And one of the judges stands up and she says, young lady, she goes, here's the deal. She said, the actor, he knew the psalm. The pastor, he knew the shepherd. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He knew the shepherd. 
There's so many people that know the psalm. So many people can quote when in time of need. You know, quote, throw a scripture out there. But we're challenging you in this new year. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Get a hold of God. Get a hold of the shepherd. Get a hold of him. We're challenging you to taste and see him. Get in his presence. I'm, we're challenging you to go deeper in your relationship with God than you've ever gone. And maybe you've tasted. Listen, I've tasted some good stuff. And when I taste some good stuff, I go right back to it again. We need to go right back to it again. If you taste the goodness of God, get a craving for it and go right back to it again. I didn't get this body by staying away. <laughs> Come on, somebody. It's okay. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Worship team, will y'all go ahead and come to the front, our worship duo this morning. As they come, just, I just, I love these things. These things are sausage balls. Nothing says Christmas like sausage balls, right? These things are just so amazing. That's when you know Christmas is upon us. When these things roll out. And I just, man, they're, they're just so, so good. I, how many of you like sausage balls? I see some heads going, yeah, I see some heads going, no. But these, these to me, these, these got a little kick to them. They're <laughs> always one to eat in church. So good. <laughs> these are so good. <laughs> There's a little bit of spice to them. I love that. Y'all, y'all just, just calm down. Man, they're so moist. Man, those are amazing. Amazing. How many like those? Anybody like those? Awesome, awesome. These are my favorite right here. I love an oatmeal cookie. Oatmeal raisin cookies are my favorite. Anyone else like oatmeal raisin cookies? You, you, you know, yeah, yeah. You guys, oh yeah, we got a lot of oatmeal fans. Back in the back, I'm telling you, so soft, <laughs> so moist. They, they just, they're like straight out of the oven. I know this ain't classy, but hang on. <laughs> Craig Rochelle would never do this. But he doesn't have the body I have. <laughs> these are, I was just supposed to take one bite. I got to take another one because these are so, and is, is this helping? Anyone, man, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm satisfied. I'm satisfied. Oops. <laughs> we'll get that later. I'm, I'm, man, one more bite. Y'all hang on. Let's get a big bite there. These are so good. Those raisins are, Linda, you did a great, Joy, great job on the sausage balls. These, these are, man, these are amazing, Linda. Awesome. Don't y'all feel good now? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Anyone else satisfied like I am? You're not? Well, hang on. Let's, let's try it one more time. Anybody else good now? Full? You feel relieved? Feel better? No? So I can see some heads going, no. Well, let's try it again. 
I don't know what's wrong with y'all. <laughs> what? <laughs> this is this is just good. This is good preaching right now. So good. Everybody, everybody feel feel satisfied. That craving, it's gone, right? No. Here's the thing. Those are so good. I want to eat that whole thing. It's noon. You just watched me eat. And that's what we've done in church for so long across America. We sit back and we've watched other people eat. We sit back and we watched other people taste of the goodness of God. Listen, I'm not saying I want to go back. I'm excited about our future. I'm excited about where we're at. But man, you remember the day when you can just bask in the presence up around the altar? Yeah. Yeah. Understand this. I'm not, I don't, we're not saying go back to the method of that day. But I want the presence of that day. Oh, yes. See, yes. God always changes the method because if he stays with the same method, then we start worshiping the method. Right. And we start seeking after the method. And the method becomes God. That's why he always, when he did miracles, he always did a miracle, knew a different way. One guy, he just said, go, and as you go, your daughter will be healed. One guy, he just, he just, he just spoke, Lazarus, come forth, and Lazarus, come forth. One guy, he spit on the mud and threw that mud in his eyes, and as that mud hit his eyes, his eyes were open. And If we got attached to the method, then we'd seek after the method. How long that this new year, that we be a church that tastes and see for ourselves. So I don't want to rely on Craig's relationship with God. I'm glad he's got a good relationship with God. I'm glad Calvin's got a relationship with God. I'm glad Ryan back there's got a relationship with God. But them meeting a cookie does me no good. Meeting this cookie does them no good. They want to taste and see themselves. This year, let's taste and see. Let's taste through prayer. Let's taste through the word. Let's taste through this night of worship. Let's taste and see. Let's get in the presence of God. Because, man, I, one moment in his presence changes everything. I'll say that till the day I die. One moment in his presence changes everything. One moment. So I'm going to encourage you this morning. I'm going to put this cookie up for about 20 minutes. <laughs> Put it in there. I've already ate off of it, so no one else can eat those others. I'm going to ask you to do this. I'm going to ask you to go ahead and stand your feet with us this morning. Now I'm going to ask everyone, if you would, just to come to the front. I promise we're not bringing out snakes or anything like that. We're going to lower the lights a little bit. There's a song we sung here three weeks ago, and I know many of you already know it. It's just called Set a Fire. Set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain, that I can't control. I want more of you, God. Let that be your prayer. Let that be your cry. Let that be your call. Beginning right now. Beginning in this moment. Let's taste and see the Lord for ourselves. How many are ready to taste and see the goodness of God this new year?
I am. I'm ready for God to do something incredible. Something that will blow our doors off. Something that will impact this community in a great, not for our glory, not so we lift up Elm Grove or not, not so just we have a packed house. I want more for the kingdom of God. I want more souls brought into the kingdom. I want God displayed. I want his name famous in Sealing and famous in Chester. Not Jared Cloud. Pastors the same way. Not Orville White. We want Jesus famous. Amen. We want Jesus famous. So go ahead and start that music on Set of Fire. I just want you to join with us this morning as we sing this song. Praise your name, Jesus. No place I would rather be. No place I would rather be. No place I would rather be than here in your love, here in your love. No place I would rather be. No place I would rather be. No place I would rather be than here in your love, here in your love. Set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain. I want more of you, God. I want more of you, God. Set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain, that I can't control. I want more of you,
In my soul I can't contain That I can't control I want more 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 I pour it out Set a fire down in my soul That I can't contain That I can't control I want more of you, God I want more Set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain, that I can't control. I want more of you, God. I want more of you, God. Praise you. Praise you. Praise you. Praise you. Praise you. Hallelujah. Father, we just pray this day, God, that you would inhabit the praises of your people throughout this congregation. Father, I pray today, God, that, that God, hearts and lives that need a refreshing from you, God, hearts and lives, God, that need a, a touch from you, God, that they, they would find you. God, your word says that as we seek after you, God, we will find you. So, Father, I pray that this would be a, a, a year of intense searching, God, that we would find you in even a greater and mightier way. God, that you would reveal yourself to us. God, we're not seeking information. We're seeking revelation. We want a, a, a personal access in, into who you are. And so, Father, we seek after you. God, we will find you. And, God, we will taste and see that you are good. And we will, we will know, God, that blessed are those, God, who find refuge in you. And so, Father, I pray your blessing upon every heart and every life here this morning. God, I, I pray that, that, God, you would do something incredible in this place this year. God, as we look forward to 2018, God, I pray that this would be the year, God, that you would just blow the roof off of this community. God, that people would be one. God, use every church, not just Elm Grove. God, use every church in our community. God, to win souls. God, to impact lives. God, to strengthen relationships. God, to bring about hope and peace and clarity and purpose in a world of division and torment and chaos and despair. And so, Father, I pray that. I pray your blessing upon us. And, God, I pray that you would continue, God, just to lead us and guide us and direct us. God, we pray for our pastor. We pray for his family. God, that this would be just a, a great year in their life. God, I, I, I pray for, for prayers to be answered. God, I pray for, for, for God that you would just give him supernatural vision. And, Father, that you would lead him and guide him and direct him, God, into brand-new territory. God, that more land for you might be conquered. And so, Father, I just thank you for that. I thank you for a fresh anointing upon this place, upon our hearts, upon our lives. God, let us impact those around us. And God, we just ask all these things today. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.